the podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a Studio DNA podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at thehorriblemoviepodcast.com. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. You can become a patron of our show and the Studio DNA Network by going to patreon.com slash studio DNA to find out more. Now, here's the show. Well, friends, welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a very Brady episode of the Horrible Movie Podcast, uh, with a very, very Jerry episode of the Horrible Movie Podcast. Jerry McMullen, my friend, what's going on? Hey, thank you for having me back, and it hasn't been two years. Well, the last time you had you had me on, you ha- we had you on. Uh, I tell you, I uh, I do this where I literally it's like a quantum leap scenario where. I life happens and I just kind of zone out sometimes. Uh, and I'm going to have you on every week. If you want to be on every week, it's you're (laughs) welcome to come on and be the man. So, uh, also as always along, uh, is producer Phil, Phil, uh, you're wearing a awesome Christmas sweater today. Jerry, can you see it? I've been able to see like your shoulders. (laughs) It is, um, uh, an ugly Christmas sweater day. Well, yeah. and, and so. as is the rule on our show, we normally only have uh, straight to theater, uh, theater release movies, except for on holidays. And the Christmas season is upon us, and uh, we are breaking the rule, and we're having a very Brady Christmas television made for TV movie. Uh, Jerry, you this was your idea. Uh, yes, tell us. Tell us why uh, you wanted to do a very, <laughs> a very why, Brady Christmas. You know, I enjoyed watching it. I did enjoy watching it. Uh, there's one thing I'm going to say. I hope it's not too lewd, but it was on a very Brady Christmas. So I'm going to. When I read this <laughs> quote bad, from Sam the Butcher, it's going to be great. But tell us, Jerry, why, Jerry, why? It's it's just there are those holiday mo- movies that you just want to watch every year and this this movie came out my freshman year of college i remember watching it in the lobby of woody god oh my there. gosh and this be you and so to me i just it was a movie that it was always on in syndication every year at christmas time and i'd always track down and watch it and 
Uh, now with digital technology, it's on Hulu, and I actually ordered the DVD to make certain I had it. Um, it's just, <laughs> I, I like I like the aspect that the kids were coming home from all their different places, yes. wherever they were out, they were coming home for for Christmas to spend it with their parents. So um, that part just really appealed to me at a, at a time when I was in college away from home yeah. and I knew that once I watched this movie, I would be going back home for the, the holiday break. Well, well, what was the crowd like? Was, was there a big crowd there? Were they into it? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was cheesy, but Gosh. given given what else was on at the time, right. it probably was some of the some of the better stuff that we could have watched. <laughs> so this so. is late in the series, right? Oh it's... no, the series is long gone. The series yeah. is long gone. Oh, uh, the series gotcha. ran from nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy four, and then there was a uh, a. A spinoff show called The Brady Brides that was on. Well, I've never heard Just of that. Just the girls. I don't rewind. It was the, the, there was the a, kids, there was basically. There was a made-for-TV movie in like 80 or 81, The Brady Girls Get Married. Okay. That's where they introduced um, uh, Marsha and Jan's husbands. Yes. It was like a double wedding there at the house. Of course. Um, yes. And then that spun off to... The Brady Brides TV series, which only ran like seven, eight episodes, <laughs> and it had uh, Marsha and Jan and their husbands living in the same house together. Oh my god! And uh, their mom and Alice would make appearances each episode. Oh my! But but they kept the continuity going because those husbands then appeared here in this very Brady Christmas. It was it was just an extended timeline. Huh? How about that? And now they've actually announced Phil a uh, Brady, a whole spinoff Brady universe. They're going to do uh, a whole new series of movies. Uh, they're going to continue. I'm just joking. None <laughs> well, of that was this, real. <laughs> they actually did a Brady's show as a spinoff of this very Brady Christmas. Oh, that picked up where the movie ended, and it was. They were trying to kind of create it more like a drama series. No, I'm feeling nauseous. Oh this idea. Gosh. Let me yeah. ask, did NBC, is this an NBC <laughs> idea? I don't know who put it together. I mean, it, it sounds like it would have come from the Peacock. Now, CB, <laughs> now it definitely sounds like an uh, NBC, even though CBS owns all the content of this stuff. So now there could be all kinds of other merch. Anyway, anyway. So uh, the Brady Bunch, we talked a little bit in our uh, patron-only pre-show uh, about the uh, Brady Bunch in general, uh, about the kids as far as being actors on their own, uh, we didn't, we couldn't come up with a definitive one that was more successful, other than maybe uh, Greg, um, Mary his, Williams, uh, yes, and he, uh, not too far from where we're recording this, actually, um, has a a show in Branson, Missouri. Uh, so, uh, but beyond that, well, and they just have all kind of been. You know, Brady Bunch people. I think um, Marie McCormick has done like some country music on and off over the years. And I believe both um, Christopher Knight and Mike Lockenwood, Lockenland, uh, they do a lot of TV directing. So that, and that may be, uh, that may be more, more along the lines. Maybe they've spun off into uh, uh, things things along those lines so they're not having to be uh in front of the camera they can be more behind the camera 
Yeah. Uh, well, very cool. The Brady Bunch, a very Brady Christmas. It's time, my friends. It's time for some deets. The details of the movie. Uh, the Brady, the very, a very Brady Christmas. Uh, written by Sherwood Schwartz and Lloyd Schwartz. They're a writing team. The Father Schwartz, and son. The Schwartz boys. All right. Um, we activated some Google device. Google device uh, went off here in the studio. Directed by Peter Baldwin. Uh, Peter Baldwin uh, has directed a few things, a bunch of Perry Mason stuff. Uh, actually, he played in Perry Mason. Uh, he directed some Partridge Family things, uh, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, he also uh, directed The Wonder Years. So there you go. There's a lot of TV credits here, I think. Yeah. Uh, so he is a uh, pro when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, starring Robert Reed. Rest in peace, Robert Reed. Florence Henderson, R.I.P. And Davis Barry Williams of the Barry Gibbs Talk Show. I'm just joking. Bear, uh, Maureen McCormick. Christopher Knight. Eve Plum. I almost said, Chris, I almost said uh, Christopher Plummer, but it's Plummer. Christopher Knight <laughs> and Eve Plum. Uh, Mike Lukenland and Jennifer Runyon. Uh, a running time of 100 minutes. Uh, distributed by CBS. Uh, and it came out December 18th, 1988. The Brady Bunch. So how with commercials, that would have been over two hours, for sure. It was a, it was a two-hour movie with made-for-TV made movies. So with commercial breaks, it, it fills it out. So there are only 20 minutes of commercials, then. For the whole two hours, that's that's actually pretty good. And like we said, they did do six episodes of uh, another sitcom after this Christmas episode. They did in 1990 uh, that ran from February to March in 1990. They did uh, six episodes, and it was called The Brady's, and it was a drama, and it was a serious a, a serious thing. Now, um, Jerry, what were you talking about about a cast member not being in the movie? Well, the original. Uh, Cindy Brady was played by Susan Olsen. And for this uh, made-for-TV movie, they, it was played by Jennifer Runyon. What I've read on the internet was that the scheduling was going to conflict with Susan Olsen's honeymoon. And they were they were lowballing her on whatever the contract was going to be, the salary for that. Uh, I guess Paramount had terms with the network that they would green light the film as long as they had five of the six kids signed. Oh my gosh. They had the five signs, so they didn't have to go out of their way to pay Susan Olsen an exuberant amount of money. So whenever she stopped started balking about it, they're just like, fine, we've got the we've got the green light to go ahead. We'll replace you. Gosh. <laughs> wow. Can you could you believe? <laughs> Is there is there a likeness between these actresses? It's close. <laughs> That's I mean, bizarre, she was, man. I mean, she was serviceable as a villain uh, for so this situation, weird. but even at that, yeah. this actress was nearly thirty years old playing uh, a girl in college for the movie. Oh my gosh, man, that's the worst. So bad. Bobby Brady and Bobby's character I love. Anyway, okay, so uh, Jerry McMullen, uh, 30, yes. 30 second synopsis. Uh, a very Brady Christmas. 
we're going to do this. If you cannot complete this 30-second synopsis in 30 seconds, you will be cast in the role of Bobby Brady as he quits uh, graduate school. You have to become a race car driver uh, and drive really fast. Jerry was a race car driver. Never mind. Wow. Different song. Perfect. All right. So, uh, sorry, Primus. All right. Here we go. Uh, Jerry, uh, 30 seconds synopsis, a very Brady Christmas, and go. Mike and Carol Brady are empty nesters. Their kids have all moved on, and they're going to use their vacation funds to take a trip to either Japan or Greece. They can't decide. They each have their own plans. They decide, forget the forget the foreign trip let's bring all the kids back home for christmas unfortunately all the kids have problems and so the the kids and the family work together to solve each other's problems come together as one big happy family uh, by the time christmas morning hits Woo! Oh and, and then tragedy at the end but yeah. it all gets solved that definitely sounds like a movie i do not want to watch the ending phil the ending is epic it is epic never cut corners on your architecture <laughs> the, the is what i may say. surprise yeah. you all right, so folks, when we come back, we're going to continue with Jerry uh, and more Very Brady Christmas. Be back. And we're back on the Horrible Movie Podcast. Today, we're talking a Very Brady Christmas. Uh, we're talking with Jerry McMullen. Uh, Jerry, uh, uh, one of the hosts from the worst comic podcast ever. Uh, Jerry, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, it is my friends, Colin and John and I. We've known each other since seventh grade so we say that we've gone from middle school to middle age <laughs> we get together once a week and talk comics and movies and tv shows and all the other nerdy stuff that our wives don't want to hear us talk about <laughs> um so it's a win-win for everyone uh <laughs> you know we uh, put out a new show every friday morning we haven't missed a week yet so we're up around 234 episodes now Ooh. and wow uh, still going strong. We're making plans. We, uh, much like you guys did last week with the with the Louisville Comic Con, we uh, go to Comic Cons around the Midwest and West Coast, and we'll do a live recording there of our show. And our next big one is going to be Planet Comic Con coming up at the end of March. And we're already making plans. We will be recording uh, episode number two hundred and fifty there live. Golly, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, where can folks you. Uh, hear your podcast? Uh, you can find us on any of the podcast services, iTunes, Stitcher, all of that. Uh, you can go out to wcpever.com uh, to find our full archive of shows. I don't know why you'd want to find the full archive, but it's there. <laughs> it's there if you if you really want to go through it. Um but I, yeah, that's, I, I that's can personally awesome. speak to their their website being fantastic. I, I've I've browsed your guys' website before, and it's it's really good content. Like it's really yeah. easy to browse around and find what you're looking for. And you have, I want to say, I want to pitch this too. You have a charity that you work really closely with, a Hero Initiative. Yes. Can you tell tell the listeners a little bit about that? Absolutely, uh, Hero Initiative is a federally recognized nonprofit that raises funds for comic book creators in times of financial need. A lot of creators were paid by the page or by the story and they didn't get royalties or residuals they didn't have a 401k to uh build up while they were working and like a lot of a lot of other people they sometimes need help paying their bills at the end of the month so hero was created almost 20 years ago now as a way to provide that emergency financial net so 
what we do, we go to the cons like Planet Comic Con coming up. We volunteer our time. We bring in creators. We sell product. And it's all just to, to raise funds for that safety net. Uh, that can be used to, it can be something as simple as making a copay on someone's monthly prescription mm-hmm. or buying someone a hot meal that's been down on their luck. It could be uh, getting an artist set back up with their studio after their uh, home burns down. We've had to do that twice. Uh, there's been times where a comic creator has uh, passed away completely broke, and so Hero went in and took care of the funeral expenses for the family. That's cool. Um, so it's it's the 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 worst part is when the when that creator is asking for help, they're probably at a pretty low point in their lives. So we don't like we don't advertise where all the money's going just because we want to try to give them some degree of privacy uh, just to kind of protect them. But uh, they, if you go out to heroinitiative.org, there are a lot of creators that have shared their stories. There is a PayPal link if you'd like to make a donation. You can see what cons Hero will be at in the upcoming weeks. And they've got what's they've got a really cool eBay uh, store out there. A lot of times Hero Initiative will get original art donated to them, and they put it up for sale on eBay. So uh, if you have ever done any shopping on eBay, sometimes you can find that really good deal that no one's bidding on. Uh, it's a great way to get some original artwork cheap, and it helps a good cause. That's awesome. What, what are some big names that uh, of either artists or, or writers like autographs or whatever that you guys have, have gotten. You've told me about some of the people that you've had a chance to meet at some of these cons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, last year at Kansas city, we had Ty Templeton uh, who's been in the business 30 uh, some years and was heavily involved with the, the animated Batman comic series of the, of the 1990s. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Two years ago at Rose City Comic Con, uh, we were hosting Dave Gibbons, who is the co-creator of Watchmen. Wow. Uh, wow. And, <laughs> yeah. And we literally got to hang out with him for the whole weekend. That's and so cool. Freaking awesome. <laughs> wow. Jack, so, Jack would have had a lot of questions for him. I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's so, cool. Uh, it, it's just, it's a wonderful organization. I mean, we've we've grown up reading comics. We've comics is how Colin and John and I got to know each other sure. uh, in seventh grade. Re- when, once we realized that, Oh, you like comics. I like comics. Let's hit the easy shop after school and see what the new comics on the spinner rack are. Awesome. And we've been friends ever since. And so this is our way to give back to the comic book community that has given so much to us. Cool. Well, very cool. Um, I'll tell you what, another, uh, another thing, and just a segue is a tough segue. Um, a very brainy Christmas. You're talking about something so great. You know what else brings Jerry, people together? Yeah, I almost said that, and I'm like, well, I don't really want to compare what you just pitched and talked about compared to the very Brady Christmas. But the very Brady Christmas, folks, uh, what a made-for-television movie. Uh, thrills, spills, uh, some horrible uh, dialogue. Uh, and let's just talk about this uh Great, great movie. You know, Mike and Carol Brady, uh, they've they've got a lot of money saved up, Jerry. Mm-hmm. And they've decided their their present to each other is gonna be I'm gonna don't hey kids, don't tell your mom. I'm gonna take her to Japan. And then Carol Brady says, Kids, don't tell your dad. I'm taking him to Greece. 
Oh no. You're, we we're o- we open up though, and the first shot is them in their kitchen. He uh, Mike looks a lot like B. Arthur from Golden Girls in this. <laughs> she uh, is. Uh, uh, they're older. Yes, they're older. But it made me laugh so much because I was like, this is the same time period as Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like in that same same realm. Their kitchen was kind of cool, like the like the <laughs> like the uh Golden Girls was. It was kind of, you know, uh really yeah. nice. Anyway, so there you go. Lot, lots of neon colors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh it was the late eighties. And, and and I mean this it's almost like a time capsule watching this movie to, to think back to what life was like in the 1980s, where you had to go to a travel agency to arrange travel like that, where you actually had a vacation account set up at your bank to put money into to help pay for that trip. I mean, that it's, those are both concepts and entities that are long gone. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so they uh, basically they they meet up accidentally at the travel agency, mm-hmm. uh, each at, to pull money out of the travel account. Mike has been making the deposits, so they know him. She walks in and talks to another lady that that he norm- he normally Mike talks to his travel agent. Carol comes in and talks to someone else. Uh, at the same time, Phil, can you believe it? Wow, the hijinks! <laughs> it's unbel- it's amazing. And so they walk in, and Mike's like, "Well, I'm going to take my wife to Japan," uh, and uh, and then she walks in, and I guess simultaneously they pull the money from the account, and then simultaneously she's like, "Well, we have money. We need to pull the money from the account so I can take him to Greece." The lady who's helping Carol says, "Ma'am, there's eight dollars in your account." <laughs> she is mortified, <laughs> and then the lady basically, Jerry, is acting like she's kicking. Carol to the curb. Thanks for coming in. If that's who you really are, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole time she she introduces herself as Mrs. Mike Brady. <laughs> yeah, and so never they, shows ID. No, I'm I'm Mrs. Mike Brady. I'm Mrs. Mike Brady. You of course know us. Um, and so then they uh he he overhears this Mike literally on the other other side of the wall hears mm-hmm. this exchange and stands up and Carol's like, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? And then, and then she's like, I need to find out who took our money out of our account. And then Mike goes, it was me, ma'am. It was me all along. Oh, Mike. And then they <laughs> hug and kiss. Typical the, sitcom height. <laughs> and go to commercial. Right? And they, yeah, no, no, no high five, no, <laughs> no freeze frame high fives or anything, but uh, they go to commercial uh, and then anyway, but when you come back from commercial, th- my favorite part of the movie, literally, Jerry, other than the ending where Mike is crawling through the rubble of a building, uh, that's <laughs> that's literal, Phil, um, is this quote. And I'm going to say this, folks, and I don't say any bad words. Uh, there's an allusion to something on this, but this was on 80s. This was on 80s television. Okay. So when I say this, know that this was something that Mike Brady read in 1988 on television. So, okay, are you ready? So, they come back home. Alice, their maid, right? Former maid. Former maid. She has married... um, She has married uh, Sam the Butcher, right? Yes. Um, Everything Alice says up until this point is (laughs) meat-related. About, oh, it's a... Sam's a butcher, and he's been... uh, 
he's been going, uh, uh, he's found another woman, I believe, and then he left me this note. And Mike, like every good television show, Jerry, reads the note out loud (laughs) to the camera. And the best part of the note is this. Uh, Basically, Sam alludes to he's found another woman. At first, this is Sam the Butcher, by the way, writing this in a letter. At first, we just traded meatloaf recipes. Then one night, she asked me over to season her rump roast. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, again, folks, remember, he's a butcher. Uh, This movie is filled with that sort of ridiculousness. Um, so Alice then has to come stay with them. Is that right, Jerry? Uh, they they invite her to come stay with them. Uh, that their home is her home. So she comes in. She automatically starts working because she just that's what she knows. Goes uh, back to wearing the blue maid outfit that she wore all those years. Gosh. <laughs> uh, and then they start making calls around to the kids. You need to come home for Christmas. And that adds to the drama because now we are segue to each of the kids' um, lives. Now we're zooming in on each of the kids' lives. Tell, Jerry, tell the folks a little bit about each of the kids' lives and what they've got going on, if you can recall. I, I can fill in the gaps, too, but <laughs> yeah. tell us about Peter to start out with. Um, well, Peter is um, uh, working in an office environment, uh, and he happens to be dating his boss. Which is like all shades of awkward. Yes. And he, I mean, she wants to come home and and meet his family. She's heard all these stories about everyone. He's embarrassed that he wouldn't be the breadwinner in their household if they were to get married. Um, Let's see. Greg is a doctor, uh, obstetrician, I believe. Mm -hmm. And his wife is one of the nurses there. Of course. Convenient, but still awkward. Yes. Where does they call in all of this? So, yes. Um, and they, they're at a at a standstill because his wife, Nora, wants to go home to see her family, and he wants to go home to see his family. And so they agree they will each go see their families. Greg will take his, their son with them. Um then we've got Marsha and her husband Wally and their kids. Wally has just gotten laid off as uh, a toy salesman. Do you remember um, the name of the toy fa- the toy uh, company? Offhand, I don't. Okay, so here's here's another funny one for me. She go, he comes home and goes, "Gosh, Marsha, oh, I've been I've been let go by the toy company," and then she goes. You've been fired by the PT Toy Company? Wait a minute. Okay, so you're, like you're saying, like you're saying, you've been, it would be like if you came home and told your wife, Phil, oh, yeah, that yeah. you were go- let go by the by, by the, where you work, right? and then you verbalize, and then she goes, you've been let go by the Kmart, the, K- the Kmart, the Kmart, <laughs> in, in blah, 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 blah. It's like, you knew that already. Like, yeah. You wouldn't say yeah. that. I've been working there for years. Like, the know, right, like, <laughs> like it would just be where you were. Yeah. Anyway. That is so funny. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Anyway, that, yeah. this movie's filled with things like that. Jan, uh, tell us Jan. about Jan. This is the sad part. Yeah. Jan and uh, her husband, uh, Philip, are actually in the process of going 
getting separated. They're going to go through a divorce. Um, and she convinces Philip that he has to come along to the family get, get together because she can't ruin Christmas by telling the family that she's getting separated. Uh, then there is Bobby who has dropped out of graduate school yes. to become a race car driver. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> there is Cindy who is at college and she gets ordered to come home when she would much rather go skiing with her, with her college friends. Uh, she, she doesn't get a choice to come home. She's ordered to come home. The timeline issues are a little bit uh, weird here. But, you know, by 1974, on the original run, Cindy would have been probably high school age by that point, right? I mean, and so then let's stretch it out 14 years later, and she's now still in college. It's like you have yeah. to suspend your disbelief. And I understand this is a family that had routinely had an AstroTurf lawn that they mowed. I understand that. But uh, it's a, I guess they had to build stories out for these people, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found the most interesting backstory. What was the most? Let's do this. What was your most interesting backstory of these kids that you just uh, told us about? Oh, Bobby. Bobby seems the strangest. <laughs> Bobby's is a real like. They're like, okay, look, we have we all these rest of these are kind of boring backstories. Let's really spice it up with Bobby. Yeah. Is he yeah. the race car driver? He's Bobby's a race car yeah. driver. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So he's gone through college. He he was in graduate school and dropped out. So he's obviously got some degree of intelligence working for him. Yes. And he wants to leave that behind to pursue racing cars. And when they show him, it's it's like a stock car racing on a dirt track. <laughs> somewhere i mean it's not even like on pavement <laughs> like you don't have to quit like for that i know people i have I rewind i have known yeah. people over the years that have raced dirt track yeah i've known people over the years that have raced on asphalt track mm-hmm. and you don't when you start out you don't just quit your job to do that yeah. it, it's like your hobby like well, you, you might be in a golf league or have a pot or have a podcast you don't just like, go quit your job to go do those things well, imme- he's got immediately like sixty thousand dollars in student loans that he's trying to pay off right yeah <laughs> like, but he's like he's gone through all this college right but he's gonna make it at the dirt track of okay. whatever fake town they live in cool yeah um so they're all there um they've, they've all made it back and they basically the um the movie they may, they make it back, and you kind of feel like the movie is just gonna be a clip show because they start showing some clips from the old show in this show. Remember the time that we went to see Santa's house, and then we <laughs> fell in through the roof of Santa's house. Remember, and then it like say with a bell, th- you know, like re, you know thought yeah. process. Remember mm-hmm. when segment, and then you know the Brady's are how much of the hundred minutes is just yeah Wayne's World. So how much of the hundred minutes is just like recycled on not, not a lot. It's okay. Not a whole not lot. Not a lot. I thought it was gonna be more. The first time they did it, it was pretty early in the movie, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is not good. Oh no. Yeah. Um so then they did that a little bit, but then it really ratchets up because you have um you have this other B the actually I guess technically the B story of the film is Mike is a highly respected architect and Carol Works for a realtor, is that right, Jerry? 
Yes. And so she has sold this land to a developer guy. The developer Ted Roberts. And then she recommended <laughs> like you live in a Ted Roberts, of course. <laughs> she she has recommended my husband as an architect. He would love to build your new shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Um and we're gonna continue this though, because it's a big part of it. When we come back, more the very Brady Christmas. And we're back on the Horror Movie Podcast. We've got Jerry McMullen. Jerry, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, we're talking a very Brady Christmas, uh, 1988's own made-for-TV movie. And you say, well, uh, Jack, I thought you only did theater-release movies. No, no, no. Uh, during holidays, we break that rule, and we can do any Hallmark movie we want. So if you want to do uh, Christmas Shoes 2... Return of Doogie Howser, we can do that one. Um, anyway, very good. So back to uh, before we went to break, we're talking about the B story in this is Mike Brady is a well-respected architect. Carol Brady, a well-respected real estate agent. Who is the person, the developer that you said, Jerry? Ted Roberts. Ted Roberts, a borderline sketchy character. He's kind of the... He's kind of the uh, criminal element for the movie mm-hmm. with a heart of gold, though. You'll find out. And um, Mike or Carol has sold some land to Ted, right? And mm-hmm. then um, she also has recommended Mike be the architect for this uh, shopping mall. Let's say they were building, you know, um, a Sam Goody, you know, a record store. Um <laughs> Never mind. No one would know that it, what that is anymore. <laughs> Kids they were building it in 1988. <laughs> they were building a KB toy store. Um, and so Mike, though, uh, Mike has said to Ted, Mike, or he says, Ted, we have to have a higher quality of building structure because of the, the land you're building on, uh, Ted. We're just going to have to go. The zoning and planning of the city of uh, Bradyville here. We've got to have better uh, quality products. And Ted, of course, I don't I don't want to have to build my KB toy store <laughs> on this. We've got, it's fine. It's going to be fine. It's, it's sandstone and limestone. It'll be fine. No, Ted. We know you want to build it on that. Uh, okay, yada, yada, dot, dot, dot. So then we go to a phone call Ted makes to Carol. Listen, Carol, I don't think you're Real estate firm would want to alert, leave, uh, lose such a great client as Ted. So if you want to keep Ted as your client, you better tell your husband, Mike, that he better get right and not make me have to use quality products. He should let me use these toothpick sticks like he's wanted me to. <laughs> or like I want to. <laughs> and, she, and then they, uh, suspenseful music, and they zoom in on her face. And uh, they would cut to commercial, but there are no commercials here. So, and actually, I guess maybe on TV, they maybe they did cut to a commercial for well, br- Brill Cream or something. That brings up a, a question. How did it look on Hulu? Like, did they, did they have like a fade out, fade to commercial and then fade back up? What do you, do you remember this, Jerry? Uh, we watched it from the DVD and it was just kind of, you know, that fade and then gradually return back yeah, to the. I didn't okay. remember like a weird, like, I didn't remember an obvious cut. Like, like you, you know how you do, like when you watch something back and it's been cut for commercials i don't remember a cut and so maybe it wasn't an even fade then i I think the worst is when 
you, when you're watching something without commercials and it fades to black and then it cu- cuts back up and they repeat the last line that they just said right before the commercial break because yeah. they know you're coming oh, back gosh. from th- three minutes of like you know Pampers commercials and stuff like that. Jeez, and you've forgotten. <laughs> so they have um, they have now. Uh, so that's the big that's the big B story in all this is that they are uh, they are trying to then figure out how. Um, she she's trying to how how to break this to Mike. She tells Mike, uh, "Hey, listen, Ted is serious about making this KB Toy Store on uh, you know a, apparently a uh, a landfill or a sinkhole or whatever he's wanting to build it on." And so then um, he's like, "Listen, Mike or Ted, you're listen, Ted, you you got to build that way, or you're just not going to have me as an architect, I guess." And Ted's like, "Well, there's lots of architects around here." And Mike, being the classy gentleman, goes, well, if I don't talk to you, Merry Christmas. And, uh, you know, if I can do anything for you, let me know. And just walks away. Mike Brady is the man, Jerry. He's got his standards. He's got his ethics. (laughs) So apparently then, okay, so then we have the family stuff. They have Christmas. They all sing O Holy Night together. Uh, They sing... um, they sing Meleke um, Leke Mucky. It's the way to, they, they didn't do that one. They, they should have, though, and brought the tiki, one of the tikis out from uh, the very Brady, Brady Go Hawaiian or whatever it's called. Well, they, they went to Hawaii on, uh, during the TV series. Yes. And then there was a curse in the, of a yeah. tiki. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, but anyway, so they uh, go through all that. Uh, who, who is having the marital problems? Cindy? Uh, Jan. Jan Jan is having Jan and Philip are having marital issues. They mend their fences. He's a scientist. Uh, He's a researcher. A researcher, and uh, she feels neglected because he's always out looking for what's that? Birds. Yes, he's He's a big yeah bird bird scientist ornithologist ornithologist. Uh, And she's um, they mend their fences during during this. Um, Bobby comes clean and let's listen guys, Bobby Allison, Bobby Unser, uh, uh, Bobby Rahal. All these are Bobbies. They're all famous Bobbies. I'm Bobby Brady. Obviously I'm going to be a racer as well. Like these three guys. And so everyone's like, no, that makes logical sense. (laughs) All these people are Bobbies. So you are too. That means you're going to be a NASCAR superstar. Uh, but don't get hurt. That's what Carol Brady says. And then, uh, Peter says, listen, I know my boss is making a lot more money than me, uh, and I want to work at KB Toy Store that Ted's building. She's the boss. I'm I'm just joking. There's no KB Toy Store's friends. Um, but um, I, she, does she ask? You know, yeah, he asks her to marry him. They're in the Brady house. Oh. Um, what else? What am I missing, Jerry? Uh, well, Greg's wife, Nora, shows up. Oh, she, she Like a Folgers. She did Christmas with her family, yes. and as soon as she saw the relatives she wanted to see, yes. she's like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go see Greg and my son now and see mm-hmm. his family. Like a, Fol- like a Folgers commercial from the yeah. 80s. Um, uh, Marcia's husband, Wally, lands a new job with a larger toy company. He, by the way, um, that guy, I need to find his name, because he um, is a voice... From, um, is his name Wally? Is that right? Yeah, Wally Logan. He's played by uh, Jerry Hauser. And Jerry Hauser is a does a did a lot of anim, animated voices, if I remember right. I've heard yep. that name before. 
He was also in the 1970s movie uh, Slapshot. Okay. Okay, so he... Wow, he was in Slapshot? Mm-hmm. On Marvel Ultimate Alliance in that video game, he does Hank Pym's voice. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, there was one other one. He has a grown-up Bam Bam voice. He was uh, did one of the voices on the 1980s G.I. Joe cartoon. Sci-fi, I remember him. He did a bunch of voices on the Smurfs. That's where I'm hearing him from. Oh, Because gotcha. he did a bunch of the Smurfs voice, voices. He's a voiceover guy. So anyway, there you go. Good times. Um, so is this the end of the movie? Is this no. The oh. B story is this. Ted. Does Ted call them? Uh, someone calls the family on Christmas Day. I don't know if it's Ted Roberts or if it's <laughs> the police or whatever. But there's been... Uh, a collapse of at the construction site and there are security guards trapped inside. Oh my. Now in, re- in real time though, think about this though. There's way too the, much going he on. He would movie. not, he was making, he said basically I'm not the architect, but they were, they already building on it. Part of it. Yeah. So then they kept building, they got a new, a new planner. And then that's when it all went to, you know, heck in a handbasket. And because they didn't listen to Mike Brady. Anyway, continue, Words Jerry. To live by. Listen to Mike. So, uh, <laughs> so Mike leaves the family on Christmas morning to go downtown to this construction site. And he goes in. He may be an architect. I don't know that he's qualified to go crawling through a collapsed building. But he does. <laughs> <laughs> and he manages to free the guards but then he gets himself stuck. Mm, dang it. <clears throat> and they come crawling out of the guards. <clears throat> oh, it, well, he saved us, but now he's stuck in the mess. And then Ted goes, oh, no. what? Oh, I should have always listened to Mike Brady. He's the so best. And the whole be- family's there watching this happen. It becomes a vigil. <laughs> like you see. Mike Brady's like, stuck in a well? Like, yeah. That is awesome. And it's like all these people are standing around praying and hoping that Mike comes out of life. And it's like, we see no emergency workers doing anything to rescue him. Mike Brady is on the case though. We, we don't need any help if Mike Brady's there. That is such an eighties thing. Well, so the family starts singing, Oh, come all you faithful. And Mike hears <laughs> their singing. And apparently oh that gosh. gives them the strength to get himself unstuck. Oh and to my crawling out of the, out of the collapsed building. Oh my gosh. That is too perfect. Oh, ow, oh wait, hold on. Ow. My leg. My leg is stuck under this table. Jerry and Phil. Uh, would you guys think, oh, come on, you faithful? I'm free. Oh, you guys, just so you know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and trapped in your underneath your car. Just sing, oh, come all ye faithful, and it will power yeah. you up. Like He-Man. It's the equivalent of He-Man's sword in the air. I have the power. Except it's, oh, come all ye. Uh, this is very typical 80s, 90s kind of sitcom stuff where, like, I love yeah. Jerry, Jerry how you were saying that, like, there's professionals that are standing and watching as like the main characters are doing all the saving and, the, and all the work like that yeah. that's that is the epitome of those shows is like we don't want to watch the police officer do this we want to see one of the brady's go in there yeah why would we let them do it when i can do a better job 
Well, very cool. And then they um, everything turns out all right. And uh, Ted's sorry and remorseful. Uh, Ted actually, the problem there, there's a actually a uh, there's a, actually an, an end credit scene. Did you stay for that, Jerry? Where uh, Ted goes to prison uh, for 50 years for <laughs> for using inferior products, and um, he says, "Mike Brady, I'm so sorry." When I get out, uh, and Mike Brady goes, "You won't," but when I get out. Uh, <laughs> I promise to never build inferior products again. And whenever I get out, KB Toy Stores will be the number one toy store in America. Two years later, KB Toy Stores closed. <laughs> um, actually, it was longer than that because I remember it still being in the mall. Anyway, sorry. KB. So there you go. Uh, very good. Anything you can take away from this, Jerry? Um... America loves a reunion show. No, that is. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, you look at modern TV today and how many remakes are back on the airs of shows that previously lived 20 years ago. Uh, Murphy Brown and Will and Grace and Full the House. Connors is the, the spinoff from Roseanne. We got a new Magnum PI, Hawaii Five-0. It, it, people... They, they keep going back to these comfort food shows. Uh, they don't have to be great or magnificent. They just have to be familiar. And that's that's what people latch on to. By the way, this is a, a very popular thing on BBC. Like um, British shows will do like a Christmas special every year. Mm-hmm. And some, yeah, some, Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. And um, like Downton Abbey has done a, a bunch of shows on BBC have done Christmas specials. Sometimes they're for existing shows that are current and current running, you know, like they ran earlier that year. Sometimes they're just shows that haven't aired for a few years and they just do a Christmas special. They're just a one off. But we all know this, too, because we go to uh, Comic Cons and everything else. Like nostalgia is a money maker. And that's why the meet and greets at some of those cons are unbelievable because, uh, I mean, like the one in Louisville was like Shatner was like a hundred bucks for a picture Mm -hmm. and an autograph. And Mm -hmm. it's just like it's unbelievable. Yeah. What would you say the theme of this movie is, Jerry? Like, uh, what what do you when you finish watching the movie? What do you, what, do you, what what does the movie want you to have learned or experienced? Like, what's the purpose? Of it? Um, the the power of family. <laughs> okay. You, I mean the 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 family makes everyone stronger. Gotcha. Okay, that's kind of the gist so. I got. So, you ready for this one? Here's here's a lesson for you guys. Uh, when this thing aired. Uh, it was the highest rated TV movie of the season, okay? And its rating was a 25.1 rating. So I'll put this in perspective. Like Big Bang, when it was really, with Big Bang, there was really cranking out, like say five years ago, four years ago, mm-hmm. it would do like an eight share, like an eight or a nine rating. And people mm-hmm. were like, oh, this is awesome. 25. Wow. Yeah. That's basically. But that was, yeah. That was at a time when there was just four networks. You, Cable cable television wasn't wasn't comp- wasn't taking viewers away at that point. That's a good point. Uh, but still, yeah. that's a lot of eyes on this thing. A lot oh, of people yeah. have seen this. Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, this was in an in an era well before the Hallmark Channel, where you would see this type <laughs> of movie twenty four seven. Right. Um, and now, then you follow up in ninety five and ninety six with a kind of a reboot, if you will. The Brady Bunch movie and a very Brady sequel, but those, those were yeah don't, done the, more tongue in, in cheek. Yeah, yeah, they, they were theaters, and the, the first yeah. one I know did well. 
Mm-hmm. Like did did pretty well. So I mean, Gary Cole and Shelley Long and yeah, and it made I mean it made money. So it wasn't like it you know didn't make some money, but it's kind of funny that yeah. they made those because the Brady Bunch is a big deal. Still, everybody knows about the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's do this real quick. Let's rate this. I understand it's not very great, but let's rate this on a scale of one horribles to five horribles. Five being the worst. Five being the room. Five being. Uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's double uh, double toil and trouble, which we did for Halloween, which by the way is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. He said he'd rather go back and watch the room. Oh yeah, well it was at least funny. Wow. So one to five, Jerry. One being eh, it's bad. Five being, please turn this off. I just puked myself. <laughs> um, I'd probably put it around a two. Right. I mean, it, it's not. It's not a great film by any means, but if I was flipping around the channels and I and I stumbled across it, I'd probably put the remote down and finish watching it. I think this. Uh, I think that makes sense from someone who grew up on the show. I I have seen a, just like two episodes, two or three episodes of mm-hmm. of the Brady Bunch. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't oh, wow, grow really? up. Yeah, I, I just that's a show that's just um, a blank spot for me. Like I, I just yeah. didn't grow up on it. So like. I could see myself watching this movie definitely if that was a show I knew. Like, I knew all the characters and all the storylines. From an outsider looking in on this movie, I don't know that I would enjoy it. Just I, like, I literally don't even know. I couldn't, couldn't even tell Marsha from, you know, any of the other characters. Like, yeah. I, I don't know their names or any of their personalities. Oh, okay. So, Jerry, we got about a minute left of the radio uh, show of this. Tell us, uh, tell folks what you have been into lately. It can be anything TV, movie. Uh, comic book, anything quickly, about a minute. Um, just been reading, catching up on a lot of comics. Um, we recently signed up for Hulu and, uh, so my kids have been going back and watching old seasons of survivor. Mm. Um, we, we were trying to tell them about Rupert. And so we had to show them the seasons where Rupert was the pirate and stole shoes and such. And <laughs> they're, they're enjoying that. Well, very cool. cool. Uh, very cool. I'll tell you what, uh, radio folks, listen up. If you want to hear the rest of what we're going to talk about, we're going to have Jerry and Phil talk about comics. And then we're going to talk about what they've been into on that one. But uh, you can uh, check us out on iTunes or Rewind, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker.com, TheHorribleMoviePodcast.com. Uh, and really, uh, just anywhere you see us, you can uh, track us down at uh, One Horrible Movie on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, just search The Horrible Movie Podcast. I've been trying to uh, work on improving YouTube stuff. So check The Horrible Movie Podcast out on YouTube. A great Christmas Lowry Did You Know video is available over there. Uh, check that out. Uh, remember, folks, just because it's horrible doesn't mean, uh, just because from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. We'll see y'all soon. Bye-bye. All right, so podcast folks, uh, let's do this. Jerry and Phil, uh, you guys, let's talk about what you've been into. Comic book, what's new? What do people need to know about that you've been into that you were like reading that you want to tell them about? Um, Jerry, go first. All right. Uh, this <laughs> past week, uh, a new Shazam number one came out oh, from nice. Jeff Johns and uh, Gary Frank, I believe. Uh, you've probably seen the previews for the Shazam movie coming out in April. And this is kind of like a good companion book to pick up to go along with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed reading that. Um 
you know, so much with the with the comics right now is tied back to the movies. Uh, we've recently, in just the last week, seen the the Captain Marvel trailer and the the first look at Avengers Four, Avengers Endgame. Uh, so that uh, has everyone buzzing and quite concerned about what happened to Captain America's beard and all the <laughs> other stuff. So yeah, all the important stuff. And that thing, hey, yeah. that, that trailer, by the way, absolutely broke. I mean, you talk about something breaking the internet. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen. You know, I I follow a lot of people that do uh, like emergency awesome that does a lot of uh, he does a lot of reviews on things and just talks about you know, shows and that sort of thing. His, his normal, he has a ton of, he has probably about 3 million subscribers. He, most of his videos are, you know, 250 to 300,000 because they, there'll be a, it'll be a show and then it'll be on to the next show. So no, you know, it's like, his reviews and stuff are he just does like two a day though so he does like you know five hundred thousand views on two per day and over time that builds up to a huge audience right well his his avengers uh four one did like 1.1 million in the first like 20 hours that's crazy and like i said it was just like even things like that people were doing reviews to the point where i was almost like i should just do a review and put it on there but it's like no one wants to really hear that (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, that was a that was a really cool uh, trailer, by the way. It looks really yeah. good. You didn't learn. It's not like you learned anything else other than other than Iron Man is adrift in space, and it was. You know. I would call it a teaser trailer, even though it was a full length, two and a half minutes or whatever it was. But like the first minute of it was just basically like, "Hey, remember Affinity War? <laughs> like, right. remember how impactful that was?" And so, and then the last uh, minute and a half was just kind of like just little snapshots of the movie yeah so the ant the ant-man stuff in there too was really cool. really funny yeah. Yeah. I, I showed my wife that part yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it kind of says you know as much as we made you cry we're still going to make you laugh yeah. yeah exactly and that's what makes those movies so powerful i think for people that's the big difference and we i think we talked about this last time you're on tube that's the difference between what marvel does in their movies and what dc is man mm-hmm. struggles to do uh plastic man movie have you seen this jerry I saw a thing where they're they're talking hardcore and like it's actually been reported that they're really trying to do a Plastic Man movie. What do you think about Plastic Man in his own movie? It's it's more doable now than it was than it's ever been. Um, you know that's a that's a character that works well in comics. It will work well in the animated shows. Making it work well in a live action film would be quite the challenge, but. I think the technology is there that they could do something like that. Um, a lot of it is going to be finding the right actor that can convey the impulsiveness of the character properly. I mean, he's got to be, I, if Jim Carrey was 20 years younger, you know, what I think of Jim Carrey, like in the mask, he would be perfect for this, but, you need someone much younger than Jim Carrey is now. Right, right. Uh, so. Well, what what else comic book wise, Phil? You got anything that you've been uh, super in, into? Um, please, 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 everyone that's listening to this, go see Spider Man Into the Spider Verse when it comes out next week. Uh, Miles Morales. It looks awesome. Uh, Miles Morales is my favorite comic book character of all time. I, I've I've been a huge fan of uh, Brian Michael Bendis just in general, but. Uh, his creation of of what is to me one of the most impactful comic book characters in decades uh, is finally coming to the big screen. And it, yes, it's animated. 
So take that for what it's worth. But the movie, the animation looks incredible. Like people are buzzing just about how it looks. Yes. Um, the most important thing is that if you will go see this movie and spend your dollars and prove to Hollywood that Miles Morales is a character worth exploring, we might actually get him like into the MCU proper, which would just absolutely would be awesome. Mind. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll tell you my biggest bummer of the last couple of weeks has been the Dare, uh, Daredevil being canceled off Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about that on the show this past week. I bet. Um, I think it, it was going to happen. I mean, at, Marvel has already stopped putting their new movies out there. I think Ant-Man and, and the Wasp was going to be the last movie going out onto Netflix. So Captain Marvel won't be going out. Avengers 4 won't be going out there. They're, they're, Disney is setting up their own streaming service and they've said, you know, we're going to stop giving you our, our content. We're going to be saving it for our, our program. Um, so to me, this is a power move by Netflix. You're not breaking up with me. I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) Right. And here's the deal. People Netflix is so big and so powerful. We don't need daredevil. We're canceling daredevil. (laughs) <laughs> Marvel Marvel can't launch a new Daredevil series right away now. They're, they're going to have to let it buy time and make sure that people realize that, you know, it wasn't canceled because it, the show was bad. It was canceled because of business dealings. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's just Netflix trying to position itself for what comes next. Uh, they had signed a deal last year uh, with uh, Mark Millar comic book writer mm-hmm, yeah. who's done a lot of different stuff. Uh, the, if you've seen uh, the uh, part of my French here, but uh, the kick-ass movies yes. mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the Kingsman. Yeah. The yeah. Kingsman. Yes. Uh, that is stuff that he has been involved with. And he has a whole catalog of, books and series that can easily be adapted to movies or television shows by Netflix. So we'll be seeing more of those probably within the next year. Well, I I just feel like uh, Netflix is just really starting to prove itself to be able to make content. That's really high quality. Uh, That's that's their content and they can, you can avoid even movie wise. We were talking actually with Aaron Dicer before we start recording about, um, uh, Buster Scruggs. Have you seen this on Netflix? This uh, cowboy heard, stuff. I, I've heard about it. I haven't had a chance to watch it. Yet. Uh, again, I will say this: it's definitely not a family-friendly movie to watch with your uh, small children. It's a this western. Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's Coen Brothers. So understand yeah. that. But like, think about that: a Coen Brothers movie released on Netflix, not in the theater. That's crazy. Released well, there's on a there. there's a movie that Netflix is releasing next week called Roma. Okay. Yeah. That is Much in consideration about. for like. Oscars. It's being talked about for for Oscars for best picture, yeah. best foreign language film. I mean, it's it's going to get a lot of consideration for the, for the big awards, yeah. and it's coming. It's got limited theater release, but it'll be available on Netflix, I believe, on December twelfth. So, how much of a powerhouse is Disney Plus going to be when it comes out? Because, I, I, like you said, Jerry, that maybe they don't launch with Daredevil. Like maybe they have to, you know, kind of bide their time with it a little bit. But it's going to be the one stop shop for all the Lucas stuff yep. star wars and everything all the marvel stuff all the yep. i mean disney princess stuff that all your kids like to watch disney all Junior. the pixar stuff yeah which yeah, is amazing pixar. yeah Gosh. 
I mean, it is going to be an absolute powerhouse. Yes. Yeah. Haunted Mansion will be on there <laughs> with uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, can you believe it? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, not all I, my, my hope with Daredevil, going back to the original um, topic, I like. I really, I really hope that Daredevil comes back on Disney Plus. Um, I, you know, maybe people disagree, but I, I really like the the actual actors that they have mm-hmm. playing those roles. Like, I, I really want them to find a place a home on Disney plus and just keep it going. Cause man, I've just been wrapped up in those shows, but yeah. um, you just never know. Yep. It's going to happen. That's true. Well, uh, Jerry, I'll tell you what um, I've, uh, I've said it before. We'll, we brought you back a lot sooner than we did the previous time we had you on. <laughs> uh, so we'll just uh, keep bringing you back uh, every, every month and a half or so uh, you feel free to I come back that. on and, yeah. or every hey, week wanna, if you want to, I want to throw out a thought to you as, as, I know this will probably be the the first of your Christmas episodes. That's will be. Uh, yeah. And you you've mentioned you know you do made for TV movies during the Christmas season, and you've mentioned the Hallmark movies. I I had read this theory, and I I've adapted <laughs> it for my own, and it it makes watching these Hallmark movies so much better. Oh, I <laughs> love it. it! I love it. Within the first five to ten minutes of the movie starting, <laughs> pick one of the supporting characters. Anyone, doesn't matter, just pick one of them and watch the whole film as if they're dead. <laughs> and that the main character is the only one that can see him and talk to him. Oh, that is oh great. my gosh. So this is a ghost uh, scenario then? Like, yeah. Uh, they, okay. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll thank me later. Yeah. That is great. Oh, Hallmark. I'm totally going to do that. And I love a Hallmark movie. And they all have the same little story arc. Like, uh, Tyler Tyler is the owner of the local haberdashery. He makes hats. <laughs> Inside his hats, though, are a, a special magic. But only his, only his uh, fiance Agatha, can see them. Agatha, though, has cheated on him with blah, blah, blah. And so he has to find a new girlfriend, luckily, across the street. And it's always some sort of a, every, just like a bad episode. Like I said, a bad, I don't know. Watch The Haberdashery this Friday night. The Haberdashery. (laughs) Yeah. Bonus points if it's got Lori Laughlin in it from Full House. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Or Dean King. Which she's she's in like 18 of them, and he's in uh, like seven or eight of them. Yeah, they're still still finding work. We watch them. Now. Amanda and I sit and we'll watch them. I mean, I could, I could definitely. Once school doing. gets out, because we like uh, we're, we're both teachers, Jerry. So it's like once school gets out, we'll just uh, sit around and we'll watch a whole yeah. a bunch of Hallmark movies. Why not? We talked to Dean Kane last summer at Smallville Comic Con. That's cool. And wow. He he got away from the the regular TV series work like he did with uh, Lois and Clark because he wanted to be able to spend time with his family and doing a Hallmark movie like that. That's a much smaller time commitment than a TV series. So that's why you've seen him do so many of those over the years is that he wants to be home helping to raise his kids. He yeah. didn't want to miss out on raising them. And so. he still keeps his SAG uh, insurance card and he can have insurance forever. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it's like yeah, yeah. smart stuff, man. Hollywood. Dean Cain seems like a guy I could just go out and have a drink with. He seems like, like a nice guy, yeah. right? Nice guy, Jerry. You've met him. Uh, for the most part, yeah. Uh, yeah. Still a celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, is it Princeton? Did he go to Princeton? He ha- has, I think he still has, 
the uh, single season interception record at Princeton. He played college football at Princeton. Wow. Dean Kane. He was a Superman on and off the field. <laughs> and he probably got to kiss Terry Hatcher. So that's not all bad. Probably. They kissed on, on screen. Yeah, I guess they did, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's true. Good Terry Hatcher. She's on Seinfeld. An episode, yeah. One episode of Seinfeld. I'm not going to go into the <laughs> content. Real and incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, exactly. You said it. You said it. You said it. Uh, and with that, we'll close it out. Uh, Jerry, as always, friend. So uh, end, end on a high note, Jerry. End on a high note. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, man, seriously, thanks for coming on, dude. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry it's Christmas. My treat to be here. Oh, it's always a treat. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, thanks, buddy. The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorrormoviepodcast.com.